Thank you for tuning into sermons from Liberty Baptist Church in Newport Beach, California. Our goal is to help you know God more and take the next step in your spiritual journey, no matter where you're at. If you have questions about God or about Liberty, you can connect with us at libertybaptistchurch.org. We pray that the Lord will use this message to be a help and encouragement in your life. Turn with me, if you will, to Hebrews chapter number 11. You may be seated there. Hebrews 11, what is often called the Hall of Faith chapter. Instead of the Hall of Fame, we call it the Hall of Faith, and many great Uh, characters of faith, sometimes called heroes of the faith, are listed here. Here's the reality. Those that we call heroes of the faith were men of like passions and fears and doubts and uncertainties as we are. They were made of some of the same stuff, and you can look at Moses, and what did he got? You can't use me, I stutter. And you go all the way through at Gideon, you can't use me, I'm, I'm of the smallest tribe and I'm the least of my family. These that are listed as great heroes of the faith, we sometimes kind of think, man, they, they have stuff we didn't have. The only thing they had is that when they, when they didn't understand, they still trusted God. It wasn't that they had some supernatural spiritual maturity that you and I don't have or don't have access to. They just exercised faith in times when fear was the first response, when times when fear would have been justified. And tonight I'm going to bring a message entitled, Faith When You Don't Understand. This series, we're looking at some different messages, different biblical principles, different passages that I have used often in, in counseling. And, and I mentioned it was probably somewhere, oh, I guess now four, five, six months ago, where it seemed like certain themes were coming up in different counseling appointments and coffee appointments and things. And, and I'm and I, thinking about that, and I said, I'm going to I'm going to preach these in a series on Sunday nights. One, hopefully it'll be a help to the people right now. And two, as these things come up again in counseling in in months and years to come, uh, I'll often shoot a link to a message to somebody after we meet about something they're struggling with or something they're walking through. And I'll have this link on our website. That whole series will be there. And I can say, go here. And on this message, we kind of hit on some of those thoughts. Well, often when I'm meeting with folks, have you ever been there? You might find yourself there right now. You're walking through something, and they'll say, Pastor, I I just don't understand. I don't understand why this is happening. I don't understand how God could use this. I don't understand where this is going to lead. What do I do now that the future is so foggy? It's so unclear what's going on and where it's all going to lead and how it's all going to turn out. What do I do now? And these thoughts come from times and and a passage times like that when, when faith, when you don't understand. What is faith? It's Hebrews. The Bible defines faith as the evidence of things, I'm sorry, the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. I heard one definition of faith, three little words that I think describes it well. It's just simply this, believing without seeing. Faith really is that, it's believing without seeing. You ever, how many of you have ever flown on an airplane? I think probably most of us, right? You know what you exercised when you, when you went on that airplane and, and, and trusted them to take you? Uh, Kevin, your brother's going home to Pennsylvania. Praise the Lord. Huh, Kevin, finally going to get him out. Now, you guys, he's been here for a little over a week, giving this new visitor a hard time, this guest. But you're getting on an airplane tomorrow, I think, heading back to Pennsylvania. You know what he'll exercise tomorrow? Faith. He'll believe some things that he doesn't see. They're not going to show him at the counter, here's the maintenance inspection report of this plane. 
He's trusting that the airlines have properly maintained. Now I'm going to get him all stressed out. Like he's going to go, can I see the maintenance report of this plane right here? And uh, he's tr- I've, I, fly, I fly often. I've never asked to see the pilot's license. I've never asked him what flight school he went to. You know what I do every time I get on a plane? I'm trusting that the airlines, without ever seeing his license, that the airlines would not put a pilot on the plane that doesn't have a license, that isn't qualified to fly it. We exercise faith all of the time, and faith is believing without seeing. It's trust. And may I, may I add, I think it's a good thing, I think to add, faith is not just trusting, but it's trusting not only when you haven't seen, but even beyond that, trusting when you don't understand. It's one thing to trust when you haven't seen, but what about when you, you see what's going on, but you don't understand? That's because what happens if we trust when we do understand, what is that? That's walking by sight. Well, I see it. I understand this. This makes sense to me. I see what God's doing here. I understand how this is going to work, and I understand where this is all going. That's walking by sight, but the Bible says the just shall walk by faith. And that entails trusting when you can't see it, when you don't understand. That's when faith becomes real in our lives, when we truly trust Him without a knowledge of how a situation is going to work out in the end. How is God going to work this together for good? That is what takes faith. When we believe Him, when the situation is unbelievable. When we trust Him, when it seems impossible what's going on, believing God for the unbelievable. And here in Hebrews 11, we find characters who believed God when they didn't understand. Characters like the Bible says Abel by faith, and Enoch by faith, and Noah, and Joseph, and Moses, and Jacob, and Isaac, and the list goes on. But tonight we're going to study the life of Abraham. We talked about him this morning a little bit, that father of Israel, that one in Genesis 12 that we looked at, that call of Abraham in Genesis 12, verses 1 through 4. But it's interesting, in Hebrews 11, this chapter that lists so many people that exercised faith, Abraham is listed with some of the greatest examples of faith, and his testimony stands out above the rest for being one that is described the most and has the most written about him. In Hebrews 11, in this long list of people that trusted God, Abraham has the most, he gets the most, um, the, the most page space on the newspaper, if you will, of Hebrews 11. He gets the biggest section of the write-up of God giving us some of the greatest examples of faith, and we see him listed and mentioned uh, in, in greater detail than anyone else. I want us to read Hebrews 11. Let's read responsively, beginning in verse number 8. I'll read verse number 8. You read verse 9 with me, and we'll do that every other verse. I'll read verse 10. You join me on verse 11, all the way down till we finish in verse 19. Hebrews 11, beginning in verse number 8, all beginning. You join me on verse 9. By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed, and he went out not knowing whither he went. By faith, he sojourned in the land of promise, as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Through faith also Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed, and was delivered of a child when she was past age, because she judged him faithful who had promised. 
Therefore sprang there even of one, and him as good as dead, so many as the stars of the sky in multitude, and as the sand which is by the seashore innumerable. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, and were persuaded of them, and embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country." And truly, if they had been mindful of that country from whence they came out, they might have had opportunity to have returned. But now they desire a better country that is in heavenly, wherefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he hath prepared for them a city. By faith, Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac. And he that had received the promises offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said that in Isaac shall thy seed be called accounting that God was able to raise him up even from the dead, from whence also he received him in a figure. Our faith is revealed when we trust God without being able to understand God. How was Abraham's faith revealed in his life when he didn't understand? What did it look like? I want to give you five thoughts this evening on, on what does faith, when we don't understand, look like in practical ways. Are you somewhere in your life where you don't understand all that God is doing and how he's leading and when and where and why? What would faith, when we don't understand, look like in our lives, practically speaking? I think we see some things in this passage. Number one, in verse number eight, do you see it there? It says, by faith, when he was called, what did he do? The verb there, he obeyed. And he went out not knowing whither he went. He obeyed when he didn't understand. Do you see that last phrase that the writer of Hebrews puts in there for us? Not knowing whither he went. He didn't understand it. God, I don't understand where you're sending me. I don't understand where you're taking me. I don't understand where this is leading. I don't know all about this, but what I do know, by the way, it's the verses we read this morning in our, in our message, Genesis 12, verses 1 through 4, that this is referring to when God called him to leave his country. God called him to leave his comfort. God called him to leave where he was. And what did Abraham do when he didn't understand? I don't know what God's doing, but you know what I can do? When I don't understand, I can obey. I will do what I'm supposed to do when I don't know where it's leading. I will, I will obey God's word. I'll obey his leading. I'll obey his calling. I don't understand where it's going to lead me, but I'm going to trust that he knows the way that I take. And when he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. I will obey when I don't understand. Isn't it interesting? At the age of 75, God called him to leave his family, his homeland, his friends, everything that he knew. He didn't understand everything that God had planned, but he obeyed. And faith, may I say this, faith always leads to obedience. Faith always leads to obedience. What did James say? Faith without works is dead. You say you have faith? Show me your works. He's not talking about a work salvation. He's talking about the fruit of true faith will lead to changes in our lives. Faith without works. You say you have faith. Show me your faith by your works. Show me your faith by your obedience. You're trusting God. You say, oh, I trust God, but I'm not willing to obey him when I don't understand. 
He obeyed when he didn't understand. He kept doing what he was supposed to do. A great indicator of our faith when we don't understand God is our obedience to do what we're supposed to do, even when things aren't working out the way we would hope or like them to. Keep doing right, even when doing right seems wrong to your human mind. When you can't trust, trace God, trust God. Hey, pilots, I'm not a pilot, but I'm, I'm told that if they get into a storm and they can't see where they're going, and sometimes you don't know up from down, and you don't know where you're at, and what do they say? What you're supposed to do is fly by your instruments. You trust the instruments. You trust those things that understand the situation better than your human mind can. And even if it feels wrong, if you, you go, you fly by your instruments. You don't fly by your judgment. You don't fly by your sight. You don't fly by your intuition. You fly by your instruments. And may I say, believer, when you find yourself in the clouds, not knowing where you're going, and it's foggy, and there's no visibility, we need to fly by our instruments. We keep obeying when we don't understand. I don't know where I'm going, but God, your word says it there. I'm going to obey when I don't understand. You'll find this truth of obedience uh, when we don't understand, borne out in the lives of many great people of faith in the Bible. Gideon, scared to answer the, the call as he was threshing wheat in the wine press, what did he do? He obeyed when he didn't understand why God only allowed him to fight with 300 soldiers. God, I don't understand why you'd call me. And I don't understand why you'd get me to lead an army of 300, but you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to obey when I don't understand. Joshua obeyed when he didn't understand why he had to walk around the walls of Jericho seven times. Moses obeyed when he didn't understand how God could use a stutterer like him. The three Hebrew boys obeyed when they thought they may be burned alive for their obedience. Noah obeyed when he didn't even understand what a thunderstorm was. He didn't know what a storm was, what rain was, what a flood was, but what did he do? By faith, he obeyed when he didn't understand what God was doing. Daniel obeyed when he didn't understand why he may, uh, he may end up as lion food that night. He obeyed when he didn't understand. You don't understand what God's doing in your life right now? How's your obedience? Are you obeying even though you can't see what he's doing? That's where faith comes in. Abraham, a man of great faith, we know that because he obeyed when he didn't understand. Number two, in verse number nine, we see this. He stayed when he didn't understand. Look at verse number nine. By faith, he, what church? By faith, he sojourned in the land of promise as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. He sojourned. He had left home. He stayed where he was supposed to be, even though he didn't understand all that God was doing and where God was leading him. By the way, it didn't seem like the promise was being fulfilled as he was there, but he went where God had led, and he sojourned, even though it was as he was in, it says there, as in a strange country. Who did he leave his homeland with? He left his homeland with Lot, remember that? And what happened? Lot ended up leaving him for the well-watered plains. Lot ended up leaving him for Sodom and Gomorrah. Even when Lot, even when family chose a different path, what did Abraham keep doing? He might have been discouraged. He might have been hurt. He might have been frustrated, but he stayed where God had led him to be. As I mentioned this morning with Adam and Eve, you know what we sometimes do in the midst of times when we don't understand where we're at and what God's doing? Our first instinct sometimes is to run to manipulate the situation, to try to figure it all out. I've got to fix it. I've got to make it work. You know what Abraham did? 
even when the, the, the story hadn't yet been told, he sojourned in that spot that God had led him. He stayed where God had called him. He obeyed when he didn't understand. He stayed. We do the opposite sometimes, don't we? You remember the Israelites as they crossed the Red Sea? Right before that, their faith had led them to a place where they didn't understand what was happening. They came to the Red Sea, and Pharaoh's armies were closing in. And they thought, this is it. This, God led us to a place to kill us. It's all over. God cannot fix this one. You ever been there? Your Red Sea moment? And, and I won't turn there for the sake of time, but you can jot it in your notes. If you like to take notes, you can write down Exodus 14, 13. They began to murmur and complain and doubt God. And you know what? God, God gave them the pattern for what they should do when they didn't understand. You know what God said to them when, when they were in a place they didn't understand where God had led them and why he had led them there? You know what God's little formula was? It was six words. Here's what God said to them when they found themselves in a place of God's leading that seemed like all hope was lost. Here's God's six-word little formula, Exodus 14, verse 13. He said these three words, fear ye not. What's the opposite of fear? What's the opposite of fear? Faith or trust, right? What did he say? Trust me, have faith. Fear ye not. You know what the next two words? Stand Still, stay where you're supposed to be. Stay where I led you. And here's what he says. And the last word, see the salvation of the Lord. Fear ye not, stand still and see. If you'll trust me when you don't understand, that will lead you. Just be still and know that I'm, you don't have to fix it. I've got it all under control. Just trust me. You're there and you think you're about to die. But in fact, the opposite is true. Not only are you not going to die, you're going to live. Not only are you not going to live, you're actually going to be saved and rescued in one of the most amazing, mighty ways that anybody's ever been delivered ever. I don't know about you, but I have, there are certain Bible stories that I, I hope somehow when we get to heaven, like there's a big LED screen or something and we can watch the, the, the playback. And that's one of those I want to watch. They walked across the Red Sea on dry ground, and I've seen depictions of it, and I've seen cartoons of it, and I've seen children's books, but the Bible says there was a wall of water there. And I don't know if they were fish, but they were walking on dry ground, and as soon as they get over, Pharaoh's army's closing in on them, and their wheels get stuck in the mud, and the water's coming, and it drowns everybody. God said, I've got things for you on the other side of the Red Sea that you can't even imagine, but here's what you're going to have to do. You're going to have to trust me right now when you don't understand my leading in your life. And just stand still. Quit trying to figure it all out. Quit trying to make your own way of escape. Well, let's go back to Egypt. Maybe that's the answer. I tried this following God thing and it got me in trouble. I'm going to go back to the world. Just stand still. And if you'll do that, you'll see the salvation of the Lord. Fear ye not, stand still and see. Don't run from God. Don't run from church. Don't run from family during a trial. Stay when you don't understand. Have faith enough to obey and to stay. Look at the next illustration of great faith. Would you see verse number 11? Notice what it says in verse 11. The next illustration in Abraham's life of great faith says in verse 11, through faith also Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age because she judged him faithful who had promised. I want you to hold your hand here in Hebrews 11. Let's go back to that account in Genesis chapter number 15. 
I want you to see what Abraham did when God told him he was going to have a child. Of course, we know the first thing he did was he doubted God. By the way, great heroes of the faith have episodes and seasons of doubt. By the way, what did Abraham do? The first, one thing he did, he didn't stay where God told him to stay. He didn't stay in the tent with Sarah. He went in the tent with Hagar. He should have stayed where he was supposed to stay. So he didn't always do all the good things. So that encourages me. Even this great hero of the faith had lapses of faith, had times of struggle and times of doubt and times of trying to make it work on his own. But notice what it says in Genesis chapter number 15. Look at verse number one. After these things, the word of the Lord came unto Abram in a vision, saying, fear not. Notice that. Why would he have to say that? Because Abram was scared. Fear not, Abram, I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. And Abram, what did Abram do? Abram, when he was scared, what did he do? Abram said, Lord God, what wilt thou give me, seeing I go childless, and the steward of my house is this Eliezer of Damascus? And Abram said, Behold, to me thou hast given no seed, I have no sons, and lo, one born in my house is mine heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, This shall not be thine heir. Ishmael is not the answer, but he that shall come forth out of thine own bowels shall be thine heir. Eliezer is not the answer. And he brought him forth abroad and said, Look now toward heaven and tell the stars if thou be able to number them. And he said, and so shall thy seed be. Notice this in verse 6, and he believed the Lord, faith, when he didn't understand, and he counted it to him for righteousness. And he said unto him, I am the Lord that brought thee out of Ur of the Chaldees. Notice this in verse 8, and Abram said, Lord God, whereby shall I know that I shall inherit it? Look at chapter, skip over to chapter 17. We have the birth of Ishmael in the next chapter, that lapse of faith. Look at chapter number 17. And when Abram was nine, verse one, when Abram was 90 years old and nine, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am the almighty God, walk before me and be thou perfect. I will make my covenant between me and thee, will multiply thee exceedingly. Notice what he does. And Abram fell on his face and God talked with him saying, as for me, behold, my covenant is with thee and thou shalt be a father of many nations. Neither shall thy name anymore be called Abram, but thy name shall be Abraham for a father of many nations have I made thee. What did Abraham do when he didn't understand what God was doing in his life? I would suggest to you from this passage, the next event, it talks about Sarah being born. What, how did Abraham express faith? What did he do when he didn't understand? Number three, he prayed when he didn't understand. You see it there? And Abram said, and God talked with him. We go to every other source except God, it seems, sometimes. We, we, we'll turn to our own wisdom. We'll turn to sin. We'll turn to, uh, to our, and it's good to have relationships, and it's a good thing we can use, but we'll turn to just, it feels like just about every other place but God. We turn to self and our own wisdom, and we turn to, to sin. We turn to others, but how about turning to God? How about turning to God? Abraham did not know how God would perform his promise, but after some doubt, they believed. And, and again, even heroes of the faith have episodes of doubt. But when he didn't understand, what did Abram do? Hebrews 11 says he obeyed. He obeyed not knowing whither he went. He kept doing right when to his human mind doing right seemed wrong. He obeyed, he stayed, and he prayed. He prayed when he didn't understand God. What did he do? I'm going I'm to give you a child. It says Abram fell down on his face. God, I'm giving this to you. I don't understand it. There's no way. I can't have a child. My wife can't have a child. This doesn't, your plan makes no sense. I, God, but what did he do when he didn't understand? He took his burden to the Lord, casting all your care upon him for he careth for you. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain help, find mercy in our time of need. 
Look at verse 17. So we come back, go back to Hebrews 11, if you will. Back to Hebrews 11. So we know the miracle. Does, does Sarah have a child? Yes or no? Talk to me, church. Does Sarah have a miraculous child named Isaac? Yes or no? Sure he does. <laughs> Serving God's awesome, isn't it? This is wonderful. God, I don't know how you did it, but I, I did doubt you. Thank you for forgiving me, but God, I, I did trust you, and we, we laughed at first at the plan. We didn't understand, but we tried in our weakness and our frailty. We tried to follow you, and God, you came through. You gave me a son. You really are going to make a nation of me. And then what does God tell him to do? All right, you know that son I just miraculously gave you? I want him back. What? <clears throat> no, there's something wrong in our connection, God. What did you say? I want you to go sacrifice Isaac. No, 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 no. Remember, you said I'm going to have a child. You told me Ishmael wasn't the answer, that you're actually going to let Sarah uh, conceive and bear a child in her old age, and God, you did it, and, and, and now I'm going to have this nation come from my, from my seed. God, you're amazing. No, but I, I want him back. No, no, but that can't be. Do you understand that? I don't, I don't understand that. Why would God work in that way? Why would he ask for that? Why would he do? I don't understand that, and I want you to see what Abraham did. Hebrews 11, verse number 17. Would you read it aloud with me? Hebrews 11, verse 17. Ready? Begin. By faith, Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac. And he that received the promises offered up his only begotten son. He gave when he didn't understand. I don't understand it, God. I don't understand why you would ask for the most miraculous gift you've ever given me back. I don't understand why you would ask me to—I don't understand it, but by faith. By the way, he couldn't do it in his own strength. The Bible says it was by faith. I don't understand it, but I trust you. And one of the practical ways that looks like is I give when I don't understand. I give when it makes no sense. God has promised him a son. He's nearing age 100. God fulfilled that promise. Everything is going good, and now God asks him for the hardest possible thing to give. He gave what God asked regardless of the circumstances or consequences. I don't care what this looks like, God. I'm done doubting you. I'm just going to trust you. And isn't it interesting that God led him to the lowest possible point before delivering his son? Isn't that it—think about it. He could have said, okay. I want Isaac. And, and Abram, all right, I don't understand. Isaac, let's go, bud. We're going up the mountain. For what, Dad? Well, we're going to go sacrifice. Okay, come on. And, and Isaac's got the wood on his back, and he's carrying it up with his dad. And God could have stopped him there. All right, Isaac, I, I, Abraham, I've seen your faith. You can go back down the mountain. And they're walking up, and, and, and they get there, and Abraham's, I'm sorry, Isaac says to Abraham, Dad, we got the fire and the wood. Where's the lamb? Well, son, God will provide himself a lamb, faith. And God could have stopped him there when he said that. And then what does Abraham do? All right, son, it's time to lay down. Great faith. God could have stopped him there. The Bible says he got the knife all the way up in the air. He was moments from the lowest point of his life. And God allowed him to get to that place. And I don't understand. I'm not God. His ways are not my ways. His thoughts are higher than my thoughts. I don't understand all the whys about all of that. But what I do know is sometimes our faith will take us to what seems a lower point before God delivers us. You might want to tuck this little thought away. 
tuck this thought away that faith requires dependence, not deliverance. What do we do? We believe once we've been delivered. All right, God, show yourself strong and I'll trust you. Abraham said, I'll trust you. And then God showed himself strong. We, we want it backwards, don't we? God, if you answer this, then I'll trust you. And God says, trust me, and I'll give the answer that you need. Faith requires dependence, not deliverance. Abraham depended on God when there was no human answer for deliverance. When God has showed me how he's working, uh, then I'll believe him. And no, Abraham said, I believe him before he shows me how he's working. I believe that's what makes his faith so noteworthy. Talk to me now. Four thoughts we've seen here. What does faith when we don't understand look like? Number one, Abraham did what? He obeyed when he didn't understand. He kept doing right when it made no sense. Number two, he stayed when he didn't understand. Number three, he prayed when he didn't understand. Number four, he gave when he didn't understand. And then lastly, we see number five, he never strayed when he didn't understand. Look at verse number 19. Look at this. Accounting that God was able to raise him up even from the dead, from whence also he received him in a figure. Accounting that God was able to raise him up even from the dead, he never strayed, his faith never wavered. Even if I kill my son as God has asked, his plan is still not over. What is, that's faith in the power of God. Now, I'm not encouraging us to do some crazy thing. This was a unique situation that God was, God was looking to prepare the heart. By the way, God wasn't looking for the sacrifice of a son. He was looking for the sacrifice of a father's heart. He wasn't looking to see a son sacrificed on the altar. He was looking to see a father's heart sacrificed on the altar. Abraham saying, I trust you when I don't understand. And in verse 19, it says, his faith never wavered. Even if his son had died, he believed God could still fulfill his plan and his promise. What faith? What faith? How would you respond? How would I respond if we found ourselves in a situation where our child was about to die and God didn't provide a lamb? Abraham never wavered. He trusted. He never strayed when he didn't understand. He didn't get angry at God. He didn't, he didn't get mad at God. He didn't get bitter at God. He didn't raise his fist at God. All he did was he obeyed and trusted God, accounting that if God wanted to, he could bring him back to life if he needed to. What did Paul say? I don't know what's going to happen to me in Acts chapter number 20, except it's going to be really hard, but none of these things move me. Neither count on my life dear unto myself that I might finish my course with joy. None of these things are going to cause me to waver, to stray, so that I can finish my course with joy. I'm not going to stray, Paul said, when I don't understand. So what situation are you facing today that you don't understand? What trial or heartache seems impossible for God to work together for good? That is truly, in those moments, truly when our faith is revealed and when our faith is put into action. It was those times in Abraham's life that he shows us the great faith that he possessed. And by the way, he's in Hebrews 11 because of it. Oh, he wasn't without doubt. He wasn't without fault. He wasn't without question, and he wasn't without sin. But he found his way into Hebrews 11 because somewhere along the way he decided, you know what? I'm going to trust him when I don't understand. 
May we follow the footsteps of faithful Abraham as we have seen in this rich passage. He obeyed when he didn't understand. He left his home. He sojourned. He stayed when he didn't understand. He went where God had called him. Even when family left, he stayed faithful. He prayed when he didn't understand. He gave when he didn't understand, and he never strayed when he didn't understand. Abraham's, Abraham's thought there in Hebrews 11 verse 19 where he says, I account that God can raise him up. You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of another group of, of, of uh, followers of God that never strayed when they didn't understand. Those three Hebrew boys that found themselves in the fire. And what did they say? Our God is able to deliver us. That's faith. Those next three words. But if not, even if he doesn't, it's not going to cause our faith to waver. But if not, he can. We know he can. We believe he can. But if not, we still trust him. We're, we're willing to die for him. That's, that's, that's great faith, isn't it? Faith that never strays. Could that obituary, when our time comes, be written of you and of me? Let us have that faith when we don't understand. What does it look like practically? It looks like people that keep obeying, that stay, stay where God's put them, doing what God's called them to do. They take their burdens there and they pray when they don't understand and they give. God, whatever you want, you, you can have it. I, I'm willing to give. And they, their faith doesn't waver even when they don't understand. Let's strive to have that faith like Abraham, faithful Abraham, that one that's mentioned really more than anybody else in Hebrews 11, as far as longer amount of, of verses and words. Let's strive to have that faith play out. And you know what? You have your Ishmael moment where you doubt him and you take things into your own hands. Don't get discouraged. God did great things in Aaron's life after his lapse of faith. We all will have that. Lord, I believe, help thou mine unbelief. We'll have those moments. But let's strive, like Abraham, to count God faithful enough to trust Him when we don't understand it. Thank you for listening to Messages from Liberty. Tune in next week for more Bible teaching or subscribe on iTunes to stay up to date with our current series.